0: Hi, my name is Michael Sano. I'm Jewish, and I love Israel. So if you love Israel, if you love being Jewish, or if you have an unwavering connection to the land of Israel, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano and welcome, welcome, welcome to the 12 cities in Israel podcast. The only positive podcast about the food, the people and the culture of the state of Israel. Well, hey, if this is your first time watching, don't forget to hit the uh, hit the like button, the subscribe button and the notification bell. If you want to take us with you, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. If you want to take us to the gym, take us for a walk, whatever you would like, please feel free to do that. Um, All right, bruchim habayim. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Because the reason I'm saying that is because of the subject of this episode, which is the law of return now this is gonna be a really interesting topic uh because there's a lot of there's a lot of questions about the law of return where did the law of return come from why is it so important to the jewish state um and a bunch of things first what i'm going to do is i'm going to tell you what the law of return is exactly and i took this from are you ready for this the uh the jewish agency website and it says um in 1950 israel's knesset passed a remarkable law beginning with a few simple words that defined israel's central purpose every jew has the right to immigrate to this country so it is a haven a homeland it is the place for Jews to congregate. Uh, (laughs) And with the inception of the state of Israel, 2000 years of wandering were officially over since then, Jews have been entitled to simply show up and request to be Israeli citizens, uh, assuming they pose no imminent danger to public health, state security, or the Jewish people as a whole. Essentially, all Jews everywhere are Israeli citizens by right. So it's really interesting. So Israel does something um, a little bit different, but not totally different. It does things different from, I would say, the rest of the Western world. So a lot of people say, well, Israel, how can it be a Jewish state and a democracy? You know, if it's a democracy it would be open to everyone and that's actually not what a democracy is a democracy is a place where citizens can go and every citizen has a vote not every person and that's one of the things that kind of gets misconstrued um there is a jewish flavor in a jewish nation a, a jewish flavor and a jewish nature to our nation the state of israel um and that is by design. Now, I'm going to get into Jewish nation because there's a question about so are you an Israeli or are you a Jew? You can be both or you can be one and not the other. So, according to international law, which I love that. They say internet people love to just drop international law without any research whatsoever but i'm going to use it in the context of the reference that i that i took from so according to international law israeli citizens are israeli nationals having israeli nationality so the nationality exists according to this research that i did but an ongoing debate in Israeli politics is whether an Israeli nationality exists in a deeper sense. Um, does an Israeli nationality exist distinct from a Jewish or a Palestinian nationality? And yes, according to the dictates, according to the law of return, uh, which was, which came about in 1950, the state was established in 1948. And, um, The Citizenship Act of 1952, which, which sought to answer a lot of the question, the legal questions that arose, um, because of, and I'm going to get into the, uh, the Citizenship Act, because that's where a lot of, that's where a lot of the, um, the questions that come up as who is a Jew, um, So, but I'm going to go into that in a moment. So domestic Israeli law does not recognize an Israeli nationality. Citizens are registered along mostly ethnic affiliations, the main ones being Jewish, Arab, Druze, and Circassian. But foreign nationalities such as Egyptian, Georgian, and Russian also occur. Um, This registration is imprinted on... Israeli identity cards, um, that all Israelis have under the field, um, Leom. and that's the Hebrew word for, uh, nationality or ethnic affiliation and ethnic religio. So Jew being Jewish is a re- religio ethnic, uh, distinction. We are members of a distinct group whose culture and, um, traditions stem from a religious nature, yet not all of us are religious. You can be Jewish and not practice Judaism, you, uh, Heloni, which is secular. Um, you can be, but what's interesting is all of all of the video research that I did into this took special care in filming uh how, how did the uh orthodox orthodox people in israel uh, as if one could one would walk away after watching the video thinking that israel was full of orthodox and orthodox makeup i think one percent of the entire population in israel so it's uh, whatever um so um in a So along with this Israeli nationality thing, hold on. I'm going to have a sip of coffee. Um, This is for you, Peter. Oh, Mm. I have something to say. So I have to dedicate this video based on what the subject that it is to a very, very, very dear friend of mine, someone I love very much, Miriam Strauss, who just made Aliyah and used the law of return to move to Israel, Yossi Hertz, who um, did it last year? Uh, he is another dear friend who I love very much. He made Aliyah, and Faye Goldstein, a newer friend um, that I interviewed on this show, who also made Aliyah. I think two years ago. So every, all my friends are moving to Israel. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bolt. I gotta go. Um, so two lawsuits have been brought forward by citizens um, requesting to have their nationality registered as israeli so they went to the supreme court and asked that both times the request has been denied the first of which was by human rights advocate and psychologist george tamarin in 1971 who carried uh, a plea all the way up to the supreme court to have his identification as jew changed to israeli um now unanimously the court ruled against him arguing that there is no israeli nation separate from the jewish people so what's interesting about that supreme court ruling is it definitely goes to if you are against israel you're against the jewish people um i understand there are different aspects to that you you want to um you want to uh disagree with Israeli policy and whatnot. Absolutely, that's totally within the bounds of general discourse. But targeting Israel and not targeting other groups, other nations who do similar, uh, who take similar actions. Um, Let's take Saudi Arabia. If you're you're not a Muslim, in a lot of these Arabic countries, you have no status in the courts, um, which is one of the charges that is put against uh israel and is actually not true because if you are an arab if you are Druze, if you are Circassian, if you are uh well a lot of uh, right now i think one of the things that's going through is uh african immigrants african uh workers who have emigrated to israel to to uh find jobs they're able to go all the way up to the Supreme Court and they're not even citizens. So it's Balagan, it's garbage. Um, It's a wasted argument, but I'm digressing. Sorry about that. Um, So uh, another case in 2010, um, a retired computational linguist professor, Uzi um, Ornan, the head of, I am an Israeli movement and other Israeli scholars Um, led a lawsuit challenging this system demanded to have their affiliation listed as Israeli. The request ostensibly about the existence of an Israeli nationality was in 2013 denied by the Supreme Court, citing concerns about preserving the Jewish character of the Israeli state. So again, we're going to that uh, the law of return exists for, and that's important. The law of return exists for Jews to return to the state of Israel. Um, there are individuals, not just members of joint list, uh, not just Arab members, not all Arab members are enemies of Israel by no means. I'm not saying that, but there are Arabs who wish to get the law of return overturned, um, or stricken from the basic laws because they see it as um they see what how do they see it they see it as ethnically um prejudicial which i'm gonna be honest it is ethnically prejudicial because the state was established as a return for uh, to the homeland of the Jews. And one of the things that it was uh, established for, it is not the only reason it was established. But one of the reasons that it was established was to be a safe haven for Jews everywhere so that Jews would have a home. Okay, in the same way that um, Armenia. uh, So Armenians could have a place um, to call home so that uh, any number of uh, parent states for, I don't know. I, all I know, I, I don't have a long list of references. What I'm basically saying, though, is that the law of return exists for Jews because it is the homeland of the Jews. And it um, it's needed as long as a Jew exists in the world. That's all there is to it, in my opinion. That's my opinion. That's my take. But it is also the the opinion of the Knesset. It's also the opinion of the Supreme Court of Israel. So, what is the Law of Return? So, I'm going to read out to you basically the 1950 Law of Return. It's very simple. Every Jew has the right to come to this country as an Olay. Now, an Olay is a, a new immigrant. Uh, um, Aliyah shall be by Olay's visa, their passport. Um, An Olay's visa shall be granted to every Jew who has expressed the desire to settle in Israel unless the Minister of Immigration is um, satisfied that the applicant is engaged in an activity directed against the Jewish people or is likely to endanger public health or the security of the state. So very early on, they had established that there were people You may be Jewish, but you are going to be a part of this state. You are going to be part of the socially responsible fabric of this state in uplifting. So Aliyah, which is the act of coming to Israel and emigrating to Israel is means lifting up. So you are coming up. So you don't want something that brings the Jewish state down. I'm going to get into that because there have been instances where Aliyah has been denied. Um, A Jew who has come to Israel and subsequent to his arrival has expressed his desire to settle in Israel may, while still in Israel, receive an OLA certificate. So you know how people come to the U.S. or when someone comes to Great Britain or when someone comes to another country and they say on a tourist visa, student visa, or just like, you know, not even on a visa, they're just visiting, passing through. And they say, you know what, I really like this country, I wanna stay here. There usually is, for most countries, a path to citizenship, but what they need to do is return to their home country, fill out forms, get a new visa, and then come back. For Jews, um, you can go on a visit with your family, or by yourself, to Israel. You can be on birthright, and on birthright be so overwhelmed by the sights, sounds, and smells of Israel that you're like, I can't leave. Call your mom. I can't leave. I'm gonna finish college at Ben Gurion University. Um, That's okay. You could stay, boom. Isn't that awesome? I think that's so awesome. Um, (laughs) Sorry. The restrictions specified in section two shall apply also to the grant of an always certificate, but a person shall not be regarded as endangering public health or on account of illness contracted after his arrival to Israel. So, um, if you come to Israel, get sick, they can't send you back home and say, oh no, because you got sick in Israel. That's how I'm reading it. Um, every Jew who has emigrated immigrated into this country before the coming into force of this law. And every Jew who was born in this country, whether before or after the coming into force of this law, shall be deemed to be a person who has come to this country as an Ola under the law. So that means all the kibbutzim, all the people in Tel Aviv before 1948, everyone, all of a sudden you're an Ola, boom, welcome. Here's your passport. Um, (laughs) The minister of immigration is charged with the implementation of this law and can do everything to make regulations and visas and all that stuff. So that's basically the law of return. It's really simple. You're a Jew, um, you can come to Israel. Now, this is where the problem came. So let's say you don't have what's called a ketubah, a marriage certificate from your parents, which is normally proof that you're a Jew. You know, you're circumcised, you feel comfortable showing it <laughs> i don't know i don't know what these how they did it uh, back in 1948 and 49 um but um you don't have the ketubah you don't have any documentation and what's interesting is because of the war world war ii which happened only a few years before um you had people who didn't have documents you had people who were i'm a jew i lost my entire family but i have no proof so um who is a Jew was one of the major problems, and they sought to rectify that with the, uh, with the um, not the law of return, but with the, hold on, I'm looking, I'm going through my notes, with the Citizenship Act of 1952. But in 1970, they made further clarification on who is a Jew. Um, in an amendment that stipulated that the right of entry and settlement be extended to people with one Jewish grandparent and a person who is married to a Jew, whether or not he or she is considered Jewish under orthodox interpretations of halakha. So if you were married to a Jew, you were you were fine. So let's say you were married and your wife wasn't You were Jewish and your wife wasn't Jewish. And you said, I want to make Aliyah." And Your wife said, that sounds really great. Boom. You're good all your kids good um the law since 1970 applies to the following groups those born jews according to the orthodox interpretation having a jewish mother or maternal grandmother those with jewish ancestry having a jewish father or grandfather because according to halakha you're, it comes from the the maternal side um your mother your grandmother so on so forth converts to judaism Orthodox reform or conservative denominations, not secular Jews, uh, through reform and conservative conversions must take place outside the state, similar to civil marriages. So if you convert inside Israel, it's not recognized. I don't know why. I think that's bananas. I think that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard, um, It's it's where Judaism is from Israel. And if you get converted in Israel, it's not seen as uh, kosher in the law. I mean, halakhically, it's kosher. I'm liberally using the word. Um, But it's not seen as within the constraints of uh, the, the state. I think that's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. I have no idea why that's not but maybe there's someone who, in the comments who could tell me why but i still feel that way but jews who have converted to another religion are not eligible to immigrate under the law of return even though they are still jews according to halakha so let's say you're jewish or i guess you're jewish because your mother's jewish but you decide messianic judaism is the thing for you and that's christianity basically and you say hey i want to uh i want to make aliyah they find out you're messianic sorry you can't okay you decide to as a jew to convert to islam sorry you can't you decide to convert to another type of christianity buddhism even sorry you have to either be secular heloni Or uh, practicing Judaism in one of those forms. Um, Orthodox, conservative, or reform. I didn't make the rules. I actually... I don't know. I kind of support it. More coffee. Sorry about that. And the reason I support it is because the Jewish state is... is, Remember I said it's a religio-ethnic... paradigm so if you try to filter a different type if it, christianity is not jewish christianity is christian and if you try to dilute it i'm not trying to sound woo, but if you're you're diluting um what being jewish is and i don't support it so um why were these changes made in 1970 and what were they based on so that's really interesting so i read an article i actually breezed through the article but um it was talking about the law of return and it was from al jazeera it came up in my search results so i clicked on it and it equated the law of return to the nuremberg laws and it showed, but the it showed that the the writer of the article hadn't done any research into why those laws are so similar. And it's gonna sound what those uh, you're just proving it. Israel's about to not. No, we're not. Um, basically, we took the Nuremberg laws and we flipped them. We said, okay, if it's good enough for us to go into a gas chamber, then it's good enough for us to, us to emigrate to Israel. We, you wanted to widen the path with the Nuremberg Laws to exterminate more people who associated with us, um, then we're going to use that wide path as a path of salvation um, for Jews who might in the future be persecuted. Um, and that's why the Nuremberg Laws so closely mirror the law of return. And if you don't like that, I have something to say to you. Tough shit. You know what I mean? We went through it. That's all there is to it. And we're going to use those to make something beautiful. So I have a Magan David, which is made of a Qassam rocket. Okay. So rockets were fired from Gaza. And this beautiful Israeli artist decided to take the Kassam rockets and to use the metal and make Magen Davids. Kind of as a, not as a screw you, but I'm going to make something nice out of something so horrible. That's exactly what we did with the law of return. We took something that was horrid, horrid, and we turned it into the state of Israel. So I'm going to read you this. It is the Nuremberg Race Laws. Um, And at the annual party rally held in Nuremberg in 1945, the Nazis announced new laws which institutionalized many of the racial theories prevalent in Nazi ideology. The laws excluded German Jews from Reich citizenship and prohibited them from marrying or having sexual relations with persons of German or related blood. Ancillary ordinances to the laws disenfranchised Jews and deprive them of most political rights. The Nuremberg Laws, as they became known, did not define a Jew as someone with particular religious beliefs. Instead, anyone who had three or four Jewish grandparents was defined as a Jew, regardless of whether that individual identified himself or herself as a Jew or belonged to the Jewish religious community. Many Germans who had not practiced Judaism for years found themselves caught in the grip of... Nazi terror. Even people with Jewish grandparents who had converted to Christianity were defined as Jews. Now, with the exception of that last part, we're open to everyone. We're open for business. Brukim habayim. Come, all of them. And I have no problem with that. And anyone who wants to equate the Nuremberg Laws to the Law of Return and the Citizenship Act of 1952, you're right, but you're wrong. You don't understand. And you need to get, you need to read a book. Bottom line. Or watch this video. <laughs> all right. I'm I'm all I'm all amped up by that. I just I it it it's so easy to take information and flip it on his head and use it in a negative way. And I I wanted to write that. So um I'm gonna wind up with uh ooh, I'm gonna wind up. And wind it up with uh, how you can lose your Israeli citizenship. So that's a thing, too. And I wasn't even aware of this. Um, Cancellation and renunciation of citizenship. So there are cases in which the state can initiate a cancellation of citizenship of an Israeli citizen. And Article 11 of the uh, Israeli-Israel Nationality Law establishes three circumstances for which citizenship can be revoked now if the person entered a state which is considered an enemy of israel or obtained citizenship of an enemy state so if you um so this is weird so sat mars um a hasidic group is it the sat mars no it's not I, i apologize i apologize i apologize it's not the sat mars it's another group there is a Hasidic group, and I, it, the name escapes me right now. There is another Hasidic group, again, Mars, I apologize. Um, there is another Hasidic group that has advocated in support of the Palestinians. And the group that they've tended to align themselves with has advocated on more than one occasion from the river to the sea from the Jordan river to the Mediterranean, which essentially means the ethnic cleansing of all Jews from Israel. So they would be an enemy of the state. And I don't, since they're Hasidim, I think that they're leery. The state is leery of removing them. Um, but underneath the, the statute, it, it clearly states that, you know, they're technically an enemy of the state of Israel. So I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying that those are the facts, okay, these as I see them. So um, if the person committed an act, which is considered a breach of loyalty to the country, again, you know, sold secrets. There's a guy who um, leaked the secrets for Damona, which is where the new legend, nuclear weapons uh are are manufactured for israel israel's nuclear weapons program and this guy was honey trapped in uh where was he honey trapped in italy brought back and i guess if they really wanted to they could they could expunge his citizenship and remove him um and if the person's citizenship was given to them on the basis of false information in such a case, the revocation might also apply to the citizenship of the person's children. So it's interesting. So I was speaking to someone who knew a, uh, messianic, uh, Christian messianic. They call themselves, uh, messianic Jews, and he was Jewish by birth. Um, but he was now a Messianic a Christian, and he was going to make Aliyah. And I said, you know, that's problematic. He won't be able to do it because according to the law, the citizenship law and the law of return, he's no longer Jewish. And she had said, well, he'll just not say anything, which is a lie of omission. So he would be deported. So those are the things that you got to watch out for. Don't be bad and don't lie. Um, but if everything else is fine, um, you should be good. I will note though. There are times when Jews are not granted OLE status. They cannot make Aliyah like Meyer Lansky. Um, he, the mobster Meyer Lansky, when he was in legal trouble, he left, um, where did he leave it? I think he left Cuba. Then he was going to go to Miami, but he had warrants out on out on him. And then he went to Israel and tried to make Aliyah, and they were like, "Whoa, we don't need this kind of problem," and they denied him. Um, now there are instances when people have um, people have questionable paths, pasts. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they have uh, convictions for specific things. There's a gentleman, David Ben Moshe who was a, uh, um, he, he, he was convicted, um, and served 10 years in prison, uh, in Baltimore, he ran with drug gangs and he had drug and firearms charges and on its face, that would be grounds for denying him aliyah, even if he converted, even if he was in good standing, all of that. But I think. There needs to be a human element. With Meyer Lansky, I could totally get that. He was knee-deep in the mob. Everyone knew it. Um, he was one of those enemy number one kind of things. But David Ben Moshi, he's not. He's someone who's fought hard to reform his life. He's an amazing story, actually. Um, he said, I, I read an article just recently in the, uh, in the Jerusalem Post about him where he says, and I'll put the link to that in the description. You should check out his story. It's it's, it's really heartbreaking. Um, here's someone who, who did make mistakes. He is the product of where he grew up. My life may have been totally different. If I had, I I have a friend that I grew up with who went to jail, um, on drug charges. Um, he actually ran like a drug ring. I grew up in New Britain, Connecticut. New Britain, Connecticut was not a nice place. Um, it was a rough place. And it's funny because I brought my wife back there and she goes, wow, you grew up here? And I, I have nothing but joyous memories. But I could have fallen into the wrong, you know, gone along a wrong track if I hadn't joined the military. I could have fallen into a track that David Ben Moshi did. But David Ben Moshi did something and he atoned for it. The whole i mean if you look at the the term penitentiary penitent you are pen penitent, penitent you you try to atone and he did and i feel he did and i don't know i don't know um i i think it should be i think he should be given alia i think he should be given ole status so that's basically it um all right that's everything about the law of return um Check out all this stuff. Check out all of the things in in the bottom, in the description. I have some really interesting interesting research materials. Um, And yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, If you like this video, definitely hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and the notification bell. Um, Again, if you want to take us with you, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify we have finished up our kickstarter it is by the time you are listening to this our kickstarter will be over unless a miracle happened um we didn't make it but we are digitally releasing everything i sent over my um for the newest set we have our Aleph bet set out on amazon it's available on amazon you can find that link in the description um our newest set numbers will be out at the beginning of the year i that's what i was going into when i got like sidetracked so um the numbers spreadsheet that uh is the basis for all of the flashcards i sent over for review and the uh the graphics work is going to get done in the next couple of weeks and we are in hanukkah right now but i'm still working um and I am the guy who sent out all the Khag Sameachs to everyone on social media. Yes, I'm that guy. You don't like it? Tough. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's it. See you next time. See you belibi Ta di kol ha'ayin, yadiv be yada, uli or yerach, od yair li kochach. Ita mo'elai li ba porach, kol yavayot ha'ohav. Ratnot bika sh'ti be yada ha'sdi, ik mo'halom shelo nig. Sheli bina tati, Moshati la perach ani shal. Ratzon shalti, Sheli bina tati, Moshati la perach